This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Nau mai ki te rohe o te piriti, tono wiki te reo Māori. Ono mai ki a mātou, ko Meriana Hau, ko Barry, tono ingoa. I just said, hello whānau, welcome to the Bridge Zone. It's Māori Language Week. So join us, I'm Meriana and he is Barry. We are still doing the Bridge Zone via Zoom. Though we are able to go into the studio, though they've got strict instructions, Barry. So we seem to be doing okay like this, so we'll just continue on. That's right. If we go into the studio, we'll probably just do something wrong. (laughs) We're just going to talk about a couple of things that we've found interesting over the last week. Now, we have been trolling some information, and one of the things we've been on the, the Australian Bridge Federation website, and I see that they are asking all their participants that are going to play in their gold point tournaments next year have to provide verification that they have been vaccinated. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, I actually noticed a little bit on bridge winners. Some of the Americans are jumping up and down, and, and you can imagine saying it's infringing on their human rights or whatever if you've got to be um, vaccinated to play bridge. It's going to create a bit of a furore there and Australia, and perhaps to a lesser degree here, but I'm sure there'll be some players here that feel the same way. I haven't heard any news broadcasting that uh, New Zealand are going to go that way at the moment, but I do carry with me my cards that shows that I have got my two vaccinations, just in case. Yeah, well, I haven't had both of mine yet. I've only had one, and I've got the card, but I don't know what I've done with it. Oh, well. What have you been reading about? I was looking at the ABF site itself, and there's quite a good article there by Laura Woodruff from Portugal, reprinted from the IPBA bulletin, and it says, what you say is what you get. Don't berate partner for not being the player you want them to be. (laughs) There's a bit of uh, interesting stuff in there about when somebody asks their partner, why did you take the heart finesse? They don't actually want to hear the answer, Mariana. What they're really saying is, you shouldn't have taken the heart finesse. That's what they're actually saying. (laughs) There's quite a lot in there, but part of it says, please also accept that if you play with someone who is not as good as you, and the bit in brackets is quite pertinent too. It says, or more likely, not as good as you think you are. <laughs> you or she will make more mistakes than you do. If you can't bear to witness her mistakes, stop playing with them. If, on the other hand, the partner is your wife or your husband and you like going to congresses in France for the company, the sun, the food, and above all, the wine, stop berating them for being the partner you want them to be. And the last piece on here, which I particularly like, says don't ask questions when you don't want to hear the answer. If all you want is compliance... Get a dog. Get a dog. <laughs> maybe we could do, you know, if your partner's saying something, maybe we could just go woof, woof. 
and everybody would know. Maybe you should carry little emoji icons around with you. And instead of saying something, just hold one up. Happy face, sad face. And you don't have to get emotional, just get an emoji. I think Kermit's comment was the good thing about online bridges, nobody can hear you scream. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a good comment. <laughs> That's right. And I think she flashes an emoji, the same one, even though they don't know. Just smile, smile, <laughs> breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth. That's all I ask you to do. That's something else interesting on the ABF site, and I don't know too much about this, Mariana. The tri series that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Apparently, although NZ Bridge hasn't had too much to say about it yet. There's going to be a tri-series between Australia, New Zealand, and Indonesia. I think that's going to be held early December. I don't know any more than that, other than there's going to be two teams from each category for Australia, and I guess... Yeah, Alan did mention that, didn't he? If you think you can qualify, or you can put your hand up, or they're going to shoulder tap you, or they're going to select or trial. Well, we'll just have to wait and see whether NZ Bridge is planning on selecting teams or, yeah, as you say, shoulder tap, or whether they're going to actually run some sort of trial. Apparently, there's going to be an online event to be held on the weekend of the 11th and 12th of December. Two teams from each nation, which are the Open Women's Mixed and Seniors, will be invited to participate. They go on to talk to Australia then, so I don't know anymore. We're waiting for NZ Bridge to come out with something, but I'm sure they will. Hey, who is the selection committee normally? I think it's, it is Derek Evanett. It's right. Chris Wool, Jan Alabaster. And Peter Newell, or is it Martin Reed? One of them. So I think that might be the committee. I've got three of them right, and the other one's either Newell or it's Reed. Maybe we should ring them up and have a chat with them and say, where are we at with this, people? Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know how many of those phone numbers I've got. We could ask Kermit to do it. She plays with Jan Alabaster. She might have all the goss. Goss of Bridgestone, eh? It reaches out. It's probably only just happened, so I I, I think they they may not have actually considered exactly what they're going to do yet. Okay. I will diarise it down for maybe the end of the month, see if anything's happening again. Okay. All right. Well, let's head off and talk to Judge Julie. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Kia ora and morena, Judge Julie. Kia ora. Judge Julie, we've got a bit of a problem for some of our maybe less experienced players, and it's something we were talking about the other day on the 10 minutes of something. When you ask somebody what a bid means and they just give you a reply that you don't understand, you know, so you say, what is that? And they say, Lebensoul or Snapdragon or, and you haven't any idea what that means or what they're talking about. It's a bit embarrassing to say, what do you mean? I don't know. I don't understand. How do you suggest that a sort of newer player could handle that? It is really interesting and it is a problem and probably is more of a problem for clubs that are small with mixed groups because if you're a larger club and you can sort of grade or you have sessions for players, you tend to cut back a bit on some of the confusion. But at some point, people will start playing and they will get confused. So First of all, a proper explanation is one that describes what the bid is, not the name of the bid. The name of the bid will vary. A really good example is Pottage or Capaletti or Hamilton. It has got a large number of names, and then you have reverse Capaletti, Pottage and Hamilton, all of which seem to really mean much of the same thing. But if you use a name that no one knows, everyone gets confused. Moiderberg twos. There's names for everything, and often we play them, we don't know the name that they're given. And so 
you feel like an idiot. Someone says, oh, Michaels or Moiderberg or whatever, and you're sitting there thinking, what does that mean? And if I ask, I'm just going to feel like I'm stupid because they've said it like I should know. And that makes them wrong. And I cannot think of a reasonable way to put it. But even when if they're playing something that you maybe know what it is, yeah. you still don't know they're playing whatever they play, um, Michaels, say. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they haven't said what the range is because people will all play different ranges, even yeah. if you know what the convention means. The better players, we would expect to lead by example, so that when someone asks us what our bid means, is that we describe it, and we describe it well, and we give the information. And most of the time, it's the point range and the distribution, and it is reasonably straightforward. Using names makes it really hard. The other problem is that when we've got people that are inexperienced, is they're not going to call the director. They're not going to ask another question. They're going to sit there and they will have no idea and they will feel stupid. And that is not good for your club because sooner or later, if that keeps happening to them, they're not going to play because it's just too hard and it's too overwhelming to actually do it. Is the multi, Julie, which all people seem to play slightly differently. (laughs) I mean, it's not really enough to say multi to you. You really need to give quite a... Detailed yeah. explanation. Yeah. Uh, two way multi, three way multi. For most of us, actually gives quite a lot of information. But if you've only played week twos, this is just horribly confusing. It is difficult. And we say as directors, when things go wrong at the table, call the director. But when you're inexperienced, you're also likely to say, oh, um, can we call the director? And the other people at the table say, no, don't bother. It's all right or this is what will happen, or the director's busy. It doesn't always work as a place to go to. We need people to support our beginners and our learners that they can speak to and let us know what has happened so we can explain it so it's better next time. And we need to talk to the people that are creating the problem so they know that they are putting the club at risk with membership, because they do. They really do. Actually, I can remember... First time I played against the multi, and I think I got a very good explanation from whoever it was, and they said it's either a week two and a major, it's 20 to 22 balanced, or it's eight playing tricks in the minor. And by the time we got to there, my eyes had glazed over. I thought, oh, my <laughs> God, how do you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know. So even though I got a full explanation, it was still hard. And I know when I'm online and I'm playing some things and I put pass or correct as an explanation, the other day someone said, what does that mean? And I thought, you're right, because I know what it means. Mm. A lot of people I play against know what it means, but not everybody has an idea of what pass or correct does mean. So we do need to be proactive with people that we know are not experienced. I had a funny one the day, sort of wasn't funny really when I think about it. They opened one club and didn't say anything, and I just said, "What is it?" Clicked on explain, and they said, "It's just a bid." Kilda, <laughs> <laughs> that's it for this week. Matua.
Mana ho. Morena, Candice. Morena, Barry. He mana ho rawa atua ho ki te hono, ki a kōrua i te atanei, e whakanui i te reia Māori i tēnei wiki herehera, te wiki o te reia Māori. Ko Candice Kokuinga, tēnei kōrua. So what I just said was that I'm delighted to be here this morning to celebrate Māori Language Week with you both and to chat about probably my two favourite passions, which are te reo and bridge. Kia ora. Kia ora. Man, she sounds so good, Mariana. It's absolutely lovely. So today people, we've welcomed Candice to the show and she's going to share with us some bridge terms that we could potentially use or just keep in the back of our minds and when we want to, we could say some words. So she's going to share with us something that we can all learn for Te Wiki o Te Maori. So I thought about some of the words that are connected to bridge and I thought the first ones might be north, south, east and west and these are ones that people might already recognise. So we have raki for north. If you guys want to have a go at these words or if you just raki. want raki. North. Yes. Tonga is south. Tonga. Tonga. And then we have east, rafati. Rafati. And rafati. then... Perfect. And east is Uru or Hoa Uru. Is it west? Sorry, yes, this is west. Uru. Yeah. Did I say east again? Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Aroha mai. Fine, unless she has to speak English, Mariana. <laughs> <laughs> so did you pick up what aroha mai would, might mean, Barry? What was that? Did you pick up what aroha mai might mean? I made a mistake, Barry, and then I said aroha mai. And what does that mean, sorry, or...? Yes, you exactly. It. It. It's, it's, sorry, and use it a lot. Hang on, this is one that I really need. So it's ahura mai. Aroha mai. Aroha mai. Right, the, yeah. the idea of, you know, give me some love, <laughs> compassion for my mistake. I used to live in Tiaraha, so, you know. There you go. Aroha mai. <laughs> yes, so that's a really that's handy little one. Uh, and then I thought maybe some interesting words. The dealer. So in Māori, the word to deal cards is fiu-fiu. And then what happens in Māori is that if you want to make a person out of a verb or, you know, the person who does something, you add the word kai, the prefix kai, to the verb. And here it doesn't mean food, but it means the person who does something. So fiu-fiu is the deal. And then kai fiu-fiu is the dealer. Kai fiu-fiu. Kai fiu-fiu, that's the dealer. Then a lot of the other words are loan words, which are called kupumino, and that's words where obviously before Europeans arrived in New Zealand, the, these phrases didn't exist. So Māori has used a lot of transliterations. So you'll be surprised at how many words will just sound really familiar to you. In fact, you'll think that learning today is a breeze because you could understand all of these words anyway. So we have words such as contract, which is kanataraka. And then if you bid, it's piti. If you are bidding for game, game is kamu. And then all of the words for spades, hearts, diamonds, and clubs are really easy as well. So you've got spades is peti, hearts, hearty, diamonds, tiamana, and clubs, karapu. So they're all just sort of little versions of the English version, but of course Māori is missing certain consonants in its alphabet. So 
have to kind of squish it into the, the Māori framework a little bit to, to make the word come out sounding Māori. That's some of the weird words that you have, like redouble. Is there a, is there a Māori word for redouble? I'm not sure about double and redouble. To double would be to whakarua, make twice, mm, and then whakarua, redouble, pair. Go to a tohunga, an expert, and get some advice on that one. Candice, I'm sure Barry would like to have the full wordings for sorry partner. <laughs> aroha mai, I'm sure he'd like the other end. Aroha mai. Kitoku hoa takuro. Hoa takuro is your friend who you're playing with. So your hoa is your friend, and your hoa takuro is your partner in some sort of game. There you go, Barry. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to do some practice. A friend of mine, Tani, do you know, do you know Tani Blackburn? Wellington? Yeah, he's a Maori bridge player that I know very well. If I need some help, I'm going to. I have to ask him as well. Oh, I'd love to have a chat with him. <laughs> He's lovely. I'll do a bit of practice first, though. That sounds good. Well, you can always email me what you want to say and I can send you some phrases so you can impress him. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> well, I think that's about it we've got for today. But how would you say a friendly goodbye at the bridge table and something like all the best for your next round or something like that? Well, you'd probably say kakite. Bye, you know, or Matewa, hey Akuane, see you soon. This is another interesting one. Te reo Māori doesn't really have a word meaning good luck. They, as you would have heard a lot of kia kaha, be strong, kia maya, be brave, kia manawanui, be steadfast. There isn't one for be lucky. And I think that's because the Māori culture didn't really think that there was a lot out there that was down to luck. You either worked really hard and made something happening happen, or the, the atua, the gods maybe had a hand in things. But I heard on Māori television the other day a really lovely phrase, and it's another transliteration, and it sounds like good luck, kururaki. So oh, I thought yeah. it was really delightful. So you can say to your opponents as you're starting or leaving a table, kururaki, good luck. Kururaki. Kururaki. I, I like that. that yeah, I like that too. If a broadcaster on Māori television can say it, team, I can say it too. <laughs> We can all say it. Well, kia ora, Candice, for giving up your time for us today. Really appreciate that. I'm sure some people will be able to take some small words out of that. You'll be hearing Mary saying aroha mai. Oh, you're so welcome. And it's a real privilege and honour to be able to talk about, you know, my two passions, te reo and fridge. So thank you so much for asking me. Matua. Matua.
Get your gumboots on, we're going down to the pond. Manamana. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. How are you today? I'm great, thank you, Mariana. My tip this week is if you want to improve your game, play against the best opponents that you can find. So we all start off in the novice group and go through lessons. And at some stage, we're going to put our toe in the water of a little bit of a tougher game. And it feels a little bit scary, although we don't use that. We don't tell (laughs) people the things are scary. No, we don't do that. It might feel a little bit scary to go play against tougher opponents. And it might be quite hard to start with, but gradually you'll start being able to hold your own with those people. And so then it's time to move on and try some even tougher opponents. Now, if you're really, really serious about improving your game, try and find the toughest ones you can find. I can remember about the second or third year that I was playing, I went and played in the New Plymouth Open, and that was three sessions. And I'm very proud to report that my partner and I were not last. We were second to last. And I just think back now that, gosh, in that third session, I was so tired. I could barely remember my name. Three sessions in a row was crazy. And I bet those people were just rubbing their heads together when I came to their table. And no doubt they shared stories about what did you score off that one? She was <laughs> didn't know what she was doing. Oh, Nobody wakes up one morning and is an expert at this game. And that would be my recommendation for improving your game. Apart from, you know, doing a bit of study and a bit of practice, play against tougher opponents. They'll soon bring you up to speed. Those were the days. It was a a while ago now. (laughs) But tell me one thing. After three sessions, are you not as tired or you're still the same? Well, I find that I can cope with three sessions in a day now. And you just, you build up, I guess you'd call it match fitness. So you do just find it easier to play for longer. And part of that is working out strategies on how to avoid the tiredness. There's lots of little Mm. strategies that you can do. And we've talked about them a little bit. One of them's nutrition and One of them's taking a rest when you're dummy. But that's all part of, you know, becoming a tournament player is working out how to survive to the end of the day. (laughs) That's right. And I like the thought about dipping your toe in the water because that's exactly what you do when you're a novice, isn't it? Yes. You have a little dip in in the novice and then into the junior and then your next minute you're in intermediate and next minute you're in intermediate going into open tournaments. And before you know it, it's just like... Normal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's right. And we must remember, too, that it is actually just a game of cards. What is the worst that can happen? Um, The worst that can happen is we feel like a bit of an idiot. And if I had a dollar for each time, (laughs) I felt like a bit of an idiot at the bridge table. Well, I'd be I'd be pretty well off right now. (laughs) But nothing really bad can happen to you, can it, if things go wrong at the 
at the bridge table. Exactly. I always <laughs> entered a tournament when I was beginning and thinking that even if I didn't enter this tournament, someone is going to be last. So it might as well be me. And then gradually you think, oh, second to last. Oh, they're not there. And then the next minute you're middle of the road and then away you go. You've got your wings and off you go. Well, nobody went to lessons one day, went to sleep and woke up as a world champ. Doesn't happen like that. (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay, that's brilliant. Nice talking to you as always. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Got to make a bridge with a few, few different partners. Yeah, okay. got to sort out our Hamilton team's partners for Barb and I so we can enter because if there's a possibility that we're going to restrict numbers, well, we're going to put our team in rather quickly. You got your team ready? Oh, well, it's probably the same old team it always is. <laughs> oh, right, that's right. Sorry I asked. You don't worry about doing the entries, do you? You just sit back and let them do it. No, actually, I'm responsible for entries south of the Bombays, actually. That's the uh, – and Patrick does north of the Bombays. That's so you the, asked Jenny to do it for you? No, no, I usually, I usually do it. I have a bit of a problem, though, because obviously we've got two teammates from Auckland. Yeah, yeah, so you and need it, standby pairs. Ask the club. Get your two standby pairs. It's a bit tricky, actually. I don't quite know what to do there. You can't really expect somebody to say, oh, well, we'll go on standby and not play unless you need us. So it's a bit bit of a tricky situation, really. Right. I think it's unlikely that Auckland are going to be in level one by another six weeks, but I hope they are, but they might not be. Well, yes, that is very, very tricky. So you don't really even want to put in a six-person team, I guess. Well, it's only a two-day event, so... Yeah, I feel your pain. Well, I guess you're not the only one that's going to have to be waiting to see what happens with Auckland. Well, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe if our teammates can't play, maybe somebody else will have teammates that can't play and we can hook up with them maybe. It's Absolutely. All of it. And, of course, it's that time of year where I'll be inseminating cows again, Mariana, so that'll be filling in some of my day. Oh, that's right, because you get a late pass, don't you, sometimes? I try not to. That's it from us for this week. Ete whakarongo, ko ki te rohi o te piriti, ki a pai tō wiki. Thanks for listening to The Bridge Zone. Have a good week. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring Bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.